All right, thank you, Cassie. Yeah, so um, you know, if you uh, if you brothers or sisters, you guys are interested in uh, learning about golf, uh, go on the internet. All right, <laughs> Cassie's busy. All right. Uh, but thank you for sharing your testimony, Cassie. You know, indeed, uh, the Bible says to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And sometimes, you know, um, God gives and he takes away. But it's when we give thanks in those moments where God takes away that we truly um, find our real identity are not based on things that we do or uh, things that we perform or things that we possess, uh, but our identity is in, is in Christ. And I think God... Uh, Brought Cassie through everything that he did, indeed, to shape her character. And what God has taken away, God is now start really pouring out back into her life right now. And so that's another testimony. She has two testimonies. Uh, second one, we couldn't, we didn't have enough time today to share. Maybe she'll get to share in a future Sunday. Uh, but God is really moving powerfully uh, in her and around her family and her, in her uh, career as well. So it's a really exciting time. All right, thank you for sharing, Cassie. Um, Today, uh, like I said earlier, we just came in from the airport, and so I was working on some different sermons on the airplane and uh, different sermons I was trying to write in New York, but uh, I didn't like any of them, all right? So what I'm going to do, I'm going to share about my trip. Is that okay? So we're just going to have a little uh, fireside chat with the papa, except there's no fireside here. Feels like there's a fire in here. It's pretty. It's pretty humid. You know, we got all. It's 100 degrees right now in Kansas City, but it feels a lot worse here. Even though it's only like 80 degrees here, there's a humidity and stuff. But uh, um, comparatively to America, we're having a pretty mild summer here in Korea. America has been. They've broken over a. uh, Was it? I saw in the newspaper like 800 or 900 record highs. Uh, in the last three months or something like that. I don't know. It's like pretty crazy. America is on fire. America is not, not in spiritual sense. Now, some parts are. <laughs> okay, so. All right. So, man, there's so many amazing things that uh, God showed us on this trip. Erin uh, and I, we flew out to New York to officiate uh, Brian's wedding. Uh, Brian is a worship leader and a community care pastor at Itaewon campus. And actually, a few of us, we, we were there, and uh, uh, we got to go out and officiate their wedding. But in the process, you know, God did a lot of other things as we took some time to see family. And we even uh, took a couple days at the end to visit Kansas City and to visit IHOP for the first time. So that was really cool as well. So let me share a little bit. All right. So we arrived on a Monday. <clears throat> And first thing we did was we went to my cousin's restaurant, all right? My cousin, my cousin, <laughs> my cousin Unshik is uh, like the right-hand man to the original Iron Chef. You know you guys know? Like the old Iron Chef with the voice overdub and everything. You guys know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all know? Anyway, he started a restaurant called Morimoto in Philadelphia. And this restaurant is like real upscale. Uh, people drop like $1,000, $2,000 on one visit. And... 
uh, this uh, restaurant's done really well. So they've gone, and my cousin has won the trust of uh, Morimoto. So he goes and he opens restaurants in different cities. So he opened a restaurant in Hawaii. And then he opened a restaurant in Mexico City. They're about to open another one in New York, another one in New York City right now. And uh, it's really cool. Like when he talks about what it takes to open up a restaurant, it sounds just like church planning. I'm telling you right now, man. The Iron Chef, man, he knows more about church planning than some pastors do. Hey, so my cousin's involved with all that. So we got, to, we got the ill hookup. So it was like a reunion with some of my cousins, and we, we went to the one in New York City, and my cousin just said, chill, and I'll just bring everything out. So he just brought out, like, like just dishes after dishes. Hey, get rid of that right now. I don't think I can't, I can't fly kick you from back here. All right, let's get rid of that. Let's get rid of that. Are right, we cool? We straight? All right. So it was an awesome time. And so you, can, you guys check out my, my uh, pictures on Facebook. Hey, by the way, hey, can you all stop adding me on Facebook? If I've never had a sit-down conversation with you, all right, I'm going to ignore, okay? And when Facebook asks me, do I know this person outside of Facebook, if I kind of remember you, I will not, I will just leave it. But if I really don't know you, man, I'm just going to say, I do not know this person outside of Facebook. And then Facebook tells me this person can no longer send you friend requests. Okay, you don't want to end up like that. Anyway, stop adding me on Facebook, all right, because I'm trying to keep my privacy, all right, stuff like that. You got to understand, it's, it's for my own safety and my own future family's safety, okay? And there's some pictures and stuff that I want, I want to keep it private. Anyway, for those who are my friends, you can go check out my, my, my pictures. <laughs> for the rest of y'all, whenever I tag a picture, sometimes it shows up on your feed, so you go look at those pictures, all right? Anyway, hey, let me take my time. In adding people is my prerogative. All right? So don't cramp my style. Um, so, so anyway, the next day, uh, anyway, that night we came home. Aaron's parents were like, we're going to Sebekido. That's early dawn prayer meeting. Do you want to come with us? And Pastor Aaron, she already had the question answered in her heart. But for me, I got a little excited. I was like, sure, why not? Let's go to Sebekido. You know, with jet lag and stuff, sometimes, you know, you kind of wake up early anyway. And so the next day, we went to Sebekido, and, like, Aaron's, like, whole church goes to Sebekido every day. And so we got there, and, and I had to meet, like, everybody and their mama. Most people, I don't even know what they were saying to me. They were just like, oh, you know, I was like, oh, you know. They were saying that uh, I look handsome and stuff, so I got to meet, I got to meet all of, uh, I mean, everybody kept saying, we knew, we knew your wife when she was like this, and when she was changing her diapers and all that stuff, so it's like a very family-oriented church that they, that they really stuck around. Uh, it's called New York Urigyue, so they kind of changed the name, I think, recently, with the new pastor that came in, so we checked out the Sebokido, and that was... We didn't do much praying. <laughs> like we start getting into, it. we're like praying, praying, and then and Aaron's dad's like, "Okay, come on, let's go." And then the next thing you know, <laughs> we go downstairs. You know, there are a few people praying, but then we go downstairs, and that's where everybody was at. They were eating donuts and toast and <laughs> juice. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so this is what Sebekido is all about. 
I'm playing, I'm playing. No, people did pray. They just didn't pray that long. <laughs> that was good. We're, I just got to meet everybody, and that was real good. And then we went to the city, went into New York City, and it's expensive now. Like, public transportation in New York is, like, so high. And so we go in, and I was contacting my friends, hoping, up, hoping to meet up with some people. Erin contacted her good friends, hoping to meet up with some people. So she ends up going on her own down in Brooklyn. And I try to get in touch with all these people, and nobody, nobody was available to meet me. So I was all alone. But it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool because I forgot how it felt to be alone and single in a big city. I forgot how that felt. And so I was kind of, I was kind of walking around and I got myself some pizza and I was chilling. And as I was chilling, I just, I just got a real strong inclination to check out Brooklyn Tabernacle because Tuesday nights they have a prayer meeting and I haven't been to Brooklyn Tabernacle in a while. And so we hooked it up with, uh, I got in touch with uh, Aaron, Pastor Aaron. And then we got also in touch with Joe Pang, which is one of the Emmaus students from this semester. And he uh, drove out from Staten Island and he met us at Brooklyn Tabernacle. And let me tell you something right now, man. And Brooklyn Tabernacle, man. I love Brooklyn Tabernacle. Now, I don't, I, you know, there's a lot of things I, I love about Pastor Jim Simbola. There's some things I don't agree with in some of his books. But man, man, they have a spirit of worship on that church. I mean, it was powerful. It was powerful. I mean, I was just surrounded by a sea of black women, left, left and right. Everybody was a black ajuma. But let me tell you something, black ajumas, they sing their hearts out. They know how to worship. And so, uh, that's either the devil or that's, that's the devil, okay. Let's start praying right now. Let me tell you something right now. We, we were worshiping, right? And there were some new songs uh, they, were, they were singing. It was real powerful. It was real powerful. And on top of that, there was a youth choir from Dallas that had come up to New York City to do some kind of urban outreach. I don't know what that was about. But there were like 250 of them. And Brooklyn Tabernacle stage, if you guys ever been there, it's a huge stage with this huge like bleacher where the, where the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir often sings. And so during the worship, like 250 Dallas youth with these orange shirts, they all like flooded and, and were, next thing you know, they were sit, standing on the stage and they started leading us in songs and stuff. And so it was powerful. It was powerful to see these Dallas youth. I don't know if they were like, it was all show. But it was a good show. Like they were like worshiping the Lord. And there was this like young 15-year-old, 16-year-old girls came up. And they were singing. They were like singing with soul. They were singing on beat. I mean, they were real good. Like the whole, and the whole choir was really good. I, I, I'll upload some YouTube videos I, I, that I took. But they were like, it was really a blessing. But when they were leading, when the Brooklyn Tabernacle team was leading worship, we started singing, Draw Me Close to You. You know? Draw me close to you, never let me go. You know, and then you get to the choir part, right? You're all I want. 
You're all I ever needed. And, and we're just singing that, right? But as I was singing that, man, I just felt the presence of God just was so thick. Now, Aaron said she didn't feel it, but man, I felt it. I felt it because I'm, I'm pretty, uh, you know, I don't, I don't get like that often, you know. And I just started just weeping and crying and just the Holy Spirit just started touching me. And the Lord was just saying, you know, this is what it's all about, son. It's all about, it's, it's just you and me. It's about intimacy. And he just kind of awakened my heart uh, and kind of reawakened my heart to that first love. And I just really sensed the presence of the Lord. It was such a blessing. I mean, going all the way down to Brooklyn just for that moment was so special to me. Because, you know, I mean, it's hard, for me to, it's hard for me to have that kind of moment. I mean, at New Philly, man, I'll tell you right now, the, the worship, the presence of the Lord here at New Philly every Sunday is pretty amazing. Brooklyn Tabernacle is pretty good, but here it's pretty off the hook. Pretty amazing here. And even when we visited Hillsong, and I'll get to that, and IHOP. Man, let me tell you something. Don't, don't be all like, like, oh, I have an oh Hillsong and all this stuff. Man, if you've ever been to these churches, they're pretty good. I don't, don't get me wrong. Music sounds great. Worship's sweet. The presence is sweet. But, man, Aaron and I kept saying to ourselves, oh, this is good. But we miss New Philly. Man, the, you guys don't know how good you have it here. Like the worship leaders that lead us and the teaching that kind of opens up the hearts of everyone here to worship with that extravagant worship. We have such a powerful culture of worship here. This is a house that is truly filled with glory. This is a house where open heavens. Like people, you know, and I still regularly hear newcomers that visit our church. And they message me on Facebook, message me or email me. And then they say, you know, when I came into the church, the moment I came in, I started crying. I was just standing there or sitting there and I was just so hard hearted. But, but as that Mennonite Canadian dude in the front, he was just, I'm, I could have sworn that that, that that worship leader looked me straight in the eye. And the moment those blue eyes pierced my soul, my heart just broke. You know, people like people write me stuff like that. That's why it's important that you're married now, John. You can you can give people that experience without stumbling them now. All right. But um, we have it really good here, man. The presence of the Lord here is really thick, consistently at all times. The worship is on fire. And so, anyway, um, Brooklyn Tabernacle was a real blessing, and uh, we got to pray with Joe Pang. Oh, let me tell you about this. They, they take uh, prayer requests off the internet. So people like post prayer requests on their website. You guys can go and do that right now if you want to, right? And what they do is they have a prayer team that prints out all of those prayer requests on little 3 by 5 cards. And sometimes on Tuesday nights what they will do is they will say, these are prayer requests that have come in from the internet. And some of them have names and some of them don't. But it doesn't matter because God knows the requests that are on this card. And right now we're going to distribute these cards. And we want you to pair up with somebody and pray for, the, for those cards. Pray over those cards. So I got to, uh, I got to pair up with this young black man. And this, this guy was like in college. He's like a real young dude. And man, I was so blessed by his prayer. 
he must have been like 20 years old or something. But um, I went first, right? So I'm like, ah, yeah, young man, you probably don't know who I am. <laughs> All right, let me show you how to pray. I'm a pastor. I'm a spirit-filled pastor from Korea. Now, you don't even know. Let me, let me, let me start praying. <laughs> After I paired up and I start praying over my card, right? I started stumbling for words. I was like, I couldn't talk right. So I just tried to end the, end the prayer short. I felt, I felt like mad dumb. And then he prayed. And man, this, this young college dude, he was just, he was praying with such a wisdom. He was praying with scripture. He was like quoting all these scripture verses. I was like, well, that's a good scripture verse to memorize for prayer. Man, I was so touched and inspired by that young man's prayer. And I was like, man, if this is the type of young people Brooklyn Tabernacle is raising up, this ministry is doing a really good work. They're doing a good work. Yeah. Anyway, that kid really blessed me. Um, Let me fast forward a little bit. On Thursday, Aaron and I, we actually uh, drove over to New Jersey. And we stayed at someone's house in New Jersey. And the funny thing was, when we drove into this guy's driveway... We, I realized that my cousin lived right across the street. Another cousin. That was kind of cool. Anyway, it's not having nothing to do with it, anything. Um, but we stayed all over this guy's place. And let me tell you about him because you guys are going to find out about him. So I'll just tell you about him briefly right now. His name is Joel Kim. And if you guys know in Isaiah 60, uh, that chapter that we've been praying over throughout the month of April, uh, it says that your sons will be carried from afar. Your daughter's at the hip, right? And I gave a prophetic word like, there are people who are listening to the podcast and God's burning on your heart to move to Korea and join in with what God's doing in this house. And so Joel Kim is actually one of those people. So he, right now, he serves at IHOP Eastern Gate, which is in an, uh, a house of prayer uh, that was opened up in New Jersey around the New York metropolitan area in Cranford, New Jersey. And so he serves there as a worship leader and he serves as a senior leader there at the IHOP Eastern Gate. And on top of that, he used to be a worship leader and stuff. And he graduated from Princeton Seminary already. And he fundraises full time as a missionary, prayer missionary. And so he already has full time support. And things at Eastern Gate are going really, really good. But as he's been listening to our podcast and he's been talking to different people and different people who were here but went back to New Jersey, as he's listening to these testimonies, his heart just started to really burn and he started to really pray about seriously coming to Korea. And so he contacted me earlier this year and, he's been, and I Skyped with him finally and I heard out his story and I, I told him, you know what, I'll open up an intern uh, position for you so you can come and you can serve with us right away. And so he's going to come. He's going to serve at K1 with us, uh, as well as here at New Philly. And so his name is Joel Kim. Uh, he's a real smart dude, real thinker. <laughs> Used to be a guitarist, so you know he's really good at guitar and stuff. And so he, uh, we're really excited. And so we got to hear his story and just kind of chill with him. He let us stay in his mom's room. Um, Like, they have a big house. And it was real nice. It was real nice. We are only going to stay one night, but we ended up staying three nights. That's how nice it was. No. Um, but he let us stay. He was very hospitable. Uh, and then that very night, we went over to um, 
You guys know Hannah, right? Prophet Hannah. So she serves as a pastor at New Mercy uh, Church Plan in New Jersey. And so we got to meet with her prayer team, had dinner with them. And then um, Hannah was like, okay, all right. Well, I'm going to give the time over to pastors Christian and Aaron now and start. <laughs> and so I didn't know what to do. So I just started talking. And I started sharing about the story of New Philly. And I ended up sharing, I don't know, I went a pretty long time. I remember Pastor Aaron kept looking at me like, she gave me that look like, you better wrap it up, you better wrap it up, it's getting too long, it's getting too long. But man, I just kept going. (laughs) I felt the anointing, man. And there were, were, you know, like, like, like two of the people were like with me every word, they were with me every word. And so I was like, man, I'm going to keep on going. I shared shared the whole story and and then afterwards we prayed for them. So we went around, we prayed for them. Um, They were getting really touched, a lot of them in tears. Uh, you know, one girl manifesting a little bit, Holy Spirit really touching people, right? So it was real good, real good. They didn't want the fire, though. I don't, I don't think they were, we, you know, you, know, you got to be ready for the fire, you know? And so they just want to ease into some of this because this is a church that's not really, uh, they don't have really spirit-filled uh, experiences yet. You know, they're just getting introduced to it. And so they're connecting with ministries that are very spirit-filled. And so they just wanted to have that time with us. So that was a real good time. And let me tell you about the next day in New Jersey. The next day, we had lunch with my college mentor, Brother Michael. And his wife, Lori, who's also very prophetic. Man, she's crazy prophetic, right? We're just like eating buffet, right? We're just eating buffet. And I kid you not, 80% of the time, they were talking about like the, all the hardships that they just came through. Like Brother Michael got hit by a car a few months ago. He got like pinned between two cars. And so, like, I mean, the devil tried to take him out. And uh, they had all this drama with this. I mean, let me tell you something right now. There are some crazy pastors out there. Crazy, charismatic, spirit-filled pastors. No safety whatsoever. Like, witchcraft, controlling, manipulative. I mean, it's terrible. Like, like the, the story that they told us about the church that they were serving at, it was terrible, man. It was terrible. And the guy's name was Christian as well. Pastor Christian, <laughs> man, I was like, anyway, um, so we're just eating buffet and Lori just, you know, she's just eating and, and she's like, let me tell you, Christian, there are some, there are some, you know, you got to be careful with the prophetic. You got to be careful with these ministries. Oh, by the way, you're going to do this and this and you're going to go to this country. And then you got to, you got to, and she just goes back, right? I mean, she, it's crazy. <laughs> She just, just drops prophecy. And I'm just like, huh? <laughs> Turn on my iPhone, try to record it. It's too late, you know? She's just going on with her story. But it, man, let me tell you, it was powerful. Uh, and the prophet, prophetic anointing uh, started flowing. Uh, actually, uh, they put down everything, and I was able to get my iPhone out. And there was just like this prophetic flow came. Brother Michael and Lori were prophesying with such accuracy and precision let me tell you something right now. We have a prophetic house. The ark has a prophetic house. IHOP, we got to go to the prophecy room and got prophecies from the IHOP, uh, some of the leaders in training. And they're a prophetic ministry, very prophetic ministry. All right? But let me tell you, man, Brother Michael. Brother Michael and Lori, man, they have, like, the gift of prophecy. It is so exact and precise. There is no way they could have known the things that we were we are praying for. Only the core leaders know about the exact issues. 
and they spat it out. Things that Pastor Benjamin said, they confirmed. Things that uh, I got in my prayer closet that I share with just the core and Pastor Benjamin, they, they, they just spat it out verbatim. And then they added some, some more stuff on top of that. So it was real powerful. Now, I'm sorry. There's like five major things that they prophesied, but I can only share one of them. <laughs> And it's like, it's like a little bit generic. It was like, uh, uh, Aaron, you're going to uh, really be a mentor of women. And that anointing is going to increase upon you. And you're really going to touch the lives of many women. That's a good one, right? Now, the other four I can't share. I can't share. I'm sorry. It's just the nature of what we're going through right now. But let me tell you, by the end of 2012, you will know all four of those prophecies. Now, the end this year. All right, if you're a newcomer, stick around. I will tell you what those four are. Man, but it's so powerful, man. It's so crazy. It is so crazy. And you know, like, if you push me, I'm going to tell you. So don't push me. (laughs) I'm so excited about it. I just want to talk about it, but I can't. 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 Zip. Done. Keep moving. Man, it was, it, was, it was so powerful. So, core, be sure you're there tonight. I'm going to share with the core leaders so that we can discuss some of these big decisions. Uh, New Philly not going to look the same by this time next year, right? I mean, New Philly not going to look the same four months from now. Uh, there's, you know, there's things God's doing, and it's, it's powerful. <laughs> powerful. 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 Anyway, with all this, with the, weight, with the weight of these prophecies, man, it really requires Pastor Aaron to be in that place of prayer, uh, to really mature, to really have integrity and character. And we've got to steward this, right? And we don't want to steward it for a season. We want to steward it for a lifetime. You know, we want to take that new wine and we want to contain it so that we can mature that new wine. Every new wine needs to be matured. Which means every new move of the Holy Spirit that God pours out on the earth, it's like literally like physical new wine. It gets poured out, but it don't taste very good. You ever, you ever try sipping new wine? It don't taste very good. Wine's got to age. Wine has to mature. And in a similar way, revival movements need to mature. But it needs to be contained in the hearts of his people. We need to steward it. We need to carry that anointing. Right? Man, so... It's going to be real powerful what we're going to be involved with. And I'm going to tell you something right now. We are we're part of an awesome house. And, you know, all of America is really looking to Asia right now. You know, even over at IHOP, they're really looking to Korea. Uh, they sense and they're getting constant, clear, prophetic confirmations of what God is about to do in Korea. And what God is already doing in Korea. And there's going to be a leadership aspect that the Korean church is going to provide all of Asia and into, you know, whatever, Central Asia and Muslim world, Korea is going to provide that leadership. And it's really important that God raises up his uh, spiritual leaders at this hour. As I believe New Philly is really a, a big part to do with that. All right, so for all the 10 years, man, let me assure you, it's going to be 10 exciting, crazy, crazy years. Uh, next day, we got to officiate Brian and Jane's wedding. Ah, man, it was, it, was, it was beautiful. 
You know, the, the moment Jane started walking in, man, I just felt the presence of the Lord. It was, just, it was just like real thick. You know, like at John and Anita's wedding, I'm sure the presence was thick. But I was, a, I was afraid that I was going to like trip over Anita's dress. I got to walk Anita down the aisle and uh, I, was, I, was, I was distracted. So, but, but this wedding, you know, I was just standing there and just watching Jane walk in. It was powerful, man. The Prince of the Lord came. Mark led um, oh, ha- oh, Happy Day, right? And uh, he led it with power. And you know what? Like 80% of the room, you know, it's like people from most New Jersey churches are not, you know, used to like this kind of wedding. They weren't really singing. But it didn't matter to Mark. Mark just led the way. He just led the way. And people started really catching on. Some people started uh, singing. And, and it was a powerful time. Because you know why? If you ever lead worship for somebody's wedding... Don't be a crowd pleaser. You're not there. First of all, your primary audience is God. And second of all, if, if a couple asks you to lead worship at their wedding, they want you to lead worship so they can worship. They're not asking you, can you get as much participation from the crowd as possible? No, they're going, I want you to do these two songs. These are special to us. And we want to worship. So Mark really led the way in worship. It was a powerful time. So, uh, and then I, I preached like, a heck of good message. It was a funny, good message. It was the uh, three, it was short. It was a 15 minute message. And I talked about three ingredients to a successful marriage. Three F's. The first F was, what was the first F? Friendship. Friendship, forgiveness, and fun. Right? And so I, Choose fun in your heart, couples. Okay, next time you're fighting, next time there's strife, all right, look at each other and say, I'm going to choose fun in my heart. All right, anyway, that's a thing from Alethea. That's what Pastor Sonny and Benjamin say to their baby Alethea. Whenever she goes, "Ah!" Alethea, choose fun and we can do fun things. "Ah!" Alethea, choose fun in your heart. (laughs) It doesn't quite work like that, but... But, uh, you know, that's couples can learn from that. Anyway, so uh, I preached a good message. And afterwards, man, there were a whole bunch of people. They just came up, kept coming up to us and saying, this was like the most powerful wedding I've ever been to. You know, your message was funny and it has substance. Thank you. Thank you. What's your name? Christian? Yeah. Pastor Christian, you're, you're, you're a good preacher. You're a good, you're a good man. And so all these people kept saying this kind of stuff to me. I only got five minutes. All right. Okay, let me wrap it up. Okay, all right. Um, Sunday. Pastor Aaron preached to her youth group. So it was like this, it was like this tiny little room. It was like this long rectangular room. And they had a, they had a drum set of all things in that tiny little room. And, you know, but they were youth, you know, they want to, they want to worship with drums. And, and, uh, and the worship was pretty good. You know, Aaron said the presence of the Lord was all over that place. All right. I didn't quite feel it. Okay. <laughs> she was all crying and stuff. And I was like, what you crying about, girl? Drums are all banging in my ear. I can't hear myself. <laughs> anyway, she had a good time. And she got up and she preached a powerful message about fear. About overcoming fear. And afterwards, she picked out this one girl from the crowd and prophesied over her. Girl started crying and crying. And all the, all the youth, you know, they're all like, you know, like chewing gum, whatever, right? They're on their smartphones. But when they saw that one girl getting prophesied over and crying, everybody perked up. Everybody's like, what's going on? God is real. 
I'm telling you, I'm telling you, all the youth, all the youth, they perked up. And so I, I got up there with her and I was like, if y'all want to, if y'all want to receive prayer, right? I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. Come up to the front. All right. Like almost every youth except like three. Like there were like 20, 20, about 17, 20 youth, right? Came up and we just praying for them. And her youth pastors from her childhood were visiting. And so they, they, they joined in the service and her brother from DC was visiting. So she was real nervous because she, she never preached in front of them, you know? Imagine you doing that in front of your youth group pastor. You know, it's kind of it's weird. But she did an amazing job, and they helped us to pray for everybody. And youth were just crying and getting touched left and right. And then a couple hours later, I got to preach for her parents' church's EM. There ain't nothing wow about this service. I'm sorry. All right. Service was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm sure their praise team is never going to hear this podcast, all right? All right. Hey, the praise team needs to practice a little bit more. How's that? That's real nice, right? Man. They need to practice more. Oh, my goodness. You know, you know, for a moment, I wanted to go up there. And throw the table like Jesus in the temple. And be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just being real. I'm just being real. It's alright. There, like, there were only like eight people in there anyway. <laughs> uh, I recommend that they listen to the podcast. Don't worry. If, if y'all are listening, let me just say, uh, I was really blessed in joining y'all for the worship. <laughs> the Lord bless you and keep you. Um, anyway, their youth, their youth, man, they were like hungry and on fire and stuff. Uh, well, Holy Spirit showed up in that way. But the EM, man, like nobody comes to the EM. It was like really empty. It was like, it was like really empty. It was... It was like eight people. And I was like, you know, I was like, man, I should have preached at the youth. <laughs> but Pastor Aaron got the youth and I got eight people, which included my wife. <laughs> and oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. There was more because Aaron, Aaron's parents came in and they decided to watch the service. Anyway, so, you know, I, I try to be faithful with, with those few. Right. Got to be faithful with the few. And so I preached, I preached this message like on spiritual anorexia, you know, how, and maybe I preach on it sometime, but I was just talking about how in Korea, uh, it was really disturbing because a lot of girls in Korea, they struggle with eating disorders. Uh, and that's like the demonic principality that, that is in this city. And even girls that have never struggled with eating disorders, they'll come to the city, live here for a few months, and then they start struggling with eating disorders or image issues. And that's something that you have to actively battle against because that's the demonic powers that are here. And I was saying that some girls, they resort to anorexia. They don't eat in order to lose weight. But I was saying that in the body of Christ, there is a spiritual anorexia going on. Because people who go to churches where the preacher doesn't preach very well, a lot of times they complain and their most common complaint is, I don't get fed. I don't get fed. That's why I'm famished. I don't get fed. That's why I'm struggling. I don't get fed. That's why I'm not praying. 
But that is like the lamest excuse in the world when you realize the wealth of resources that God has provided this generation. God has stockpiled a refrigerator full of podcasts, books, podcasts, <laughs> books. <laughs> There's something else I mentioned in there. Anyway, man, God has stockpiled the spiritual refrigerators accessible to any knucklehead that can type. And it's like being in a, it's like being invited over to somebody's house and the host saying, hey, help yourself to the fridge. And then the host comes back three days later and people on the ground, oh, what? What are you doing? Why didn't you eat anything? I told you to help yourself to the fridge. And well, I, didn't, I didn't know you meant it. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know that I really had access to it. I, I, I thought you were kidding around. What, what are you talking about? Open up the fridge. Look at the fridge. It's stockpiled with food. No Christian should ever say in this day of age. I'm not being fed. That's just spiritual anorexia. Why would you starve your, and famish yourself like that? Anyway, man, it was a good message. But, you know, you know, it was what it was. And, you know, people, I think what, they were blessed. Well, you know, yeah, I think they were. And then we went to Hillsong, New York City for their 6 p.m. service. It's really cool, man. What I like about Hillsong is... They are a, a, if you look on their website, their vision is to reach cities, just like New Philly. So it's cool to find another church that has that similar vision. And Hillsong has planted churches in London, I believe in Kiev, in Moscow, in um, uh, somewhere in South Africa. Name a city in South Africa, Janae. Cape Town. Okay, it is in Cape Town. Cape Town, New York City. And so they target metropolitan major areas like we do. And they're, they're well along than we are. And so it's really good to learn from them. And so they planted a church in New York City. And on the Sunday we were there, they had to have like nine services, eight services. Uh, because the, the space that they rent out is the Gramercy Theater. And it only accommodates about 300 people at a time, three, 350 at a time. So they pack that out about four times, I believe. And then they go and they have another one at Irving Place, which is, uh, and so they have two or three services there. And so they're, I'm thinking they have about like, and, and when we went to the 6 p.m. service, we went at like 4.50 and we lined up and there were already people in line. And by the time it was like 10 of, there was like a line wrapping around the city block. I was thinking, man, we should do that for our services, right? <laughs> so make people line up just so, so, just so that it looks like. <laughs> the pe- and it was really cool. It was really hot and stuff. And the Hillsong leaders came out and they were giving out lemonade. They were giving out popcorn. They were giving out breath mints. It was cool. Why don't we think about stuff like that? You know, it was really creative. And then we, we went in and uh, we had service. Uh, we got some front row seats. So it was real cool. And, and um, man, they're doing, something good. They're, they're doing some good stuff there. I saw their baptism video recently and they're baptizing all these people as well. And so they're getting a lot of young people to come back to the Lord or, or bringing them to Christ. And that's a hard thing to do in New York City. And so I really rejoice that, that Hillsong's doing what they do. And uh, they have some really, there are a couple good songs that I, I wanted John Newfeld to learn. And Pastor John will lead us in those 
a couple good songs later on when, when he learns them. And I want you to get the right melody and right rhythm and the right pace and stuff. And we'll lead it. And it'll be a powerful song. So we, I, I took a lot of mental notes and it was real powerful. Man, let me get, let me move on. Uh, we visited Philly, had lunch with my dad. It was my first time seeing my dad since the 40 day fast. And I was, I forgot that I had done the 40 day fast. <laughs> so when I saw him, you know, I was just kind of like, you know, it was just like any, any other meeting. But then I realized this is the first time seeing him since the 40 day fast. And, um, yeah, you know, it was a good time. Nothing spectacular. In the natural, I can't see really uh, any kind of change. But let me tell you, you guys, you guys, um, after you heard my testimony, many of you did a 40-day fast for your fathers or mothers, and then you went back and you got their blessing. And you guys had some amazing testimonies. <laughs> you know, you got like, you got fathers just like, you know, when, when, when you ask them to bless you, they just like wanted to receive Christ right there. You know, yeah, like all these like crazy testimonies. Well, my dad, not, 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 not quite like that. But I'm not trusting what I see in the natural. Uh, Pastor Benjamin had prophesied over me that uh, all the things that you sown in during your 40-day fast, you're going to begin to reap in the next year. You're going to reap it. You're going to reap it. So I'm just trusting that I'm going to reap. And so, you know, my dad is where he's at, but I'm really praying that God will continue to open up his heart. Um, we had lunch with David on, got some cheesesteaks. That was cool. All right, and then we flew out. We flew out to uh, Kansas City for two days. Two days. Let me just share about this before I, before I close. I'm going to go maybe three minutes. Is that okay? All right. So, all right. Okay. Matthew gave up on me already. All right. Uh, and so we went to IHOP. It was our first time there. And Rondi Henderson's family, and let me tell you, man, they really took care of us. They picked us up from the airport. They let us stay in their guest room. They fed us breakfast. And they drove us around. I mean, Belinda, Rodney's wife, she was just such a blessing to us. Um, it was really good. And it was our first time visiting IHOP. I went to their bookstore, their coffee house, and then their prayer room. And it was real, real cool. Their prayer room was a lot bigger than it seems on the video stream. And it was real cool. It was real cool. And I got to be careful here. I'm going to be real careful because I have my own opinions. But I want to honor what God is doing at IHOP because God's doing some incredible things at IHOP. They have some incredible musicians. Let me tell you that right now. All the singers and musicians that were up there, they are like professionals, man. They sounded so amazing. All of them could produce an album and sell it. They're they really amazing musicians. And, uh, and uh, we prayed a little bit. Uh, but a lot of people I noticed, uh, they... You know, you know, in Korea, we, we used to sebokido. You know, we used to like, even like New Philly prayer is like a more fiery type of prayer. What at IHOP, you know, you don't have much of that. You don't really have much of that. Well, at least the sessions we sat through. I think intercession time, they do more of that. But the ones that we were in where it was like praying with the word or devotional sets. And there it was like, everybody was just like, like contemplating and meditating the whole time. So everybody's meditating. So I, I was like, I was like, Shandaradaramana. I was praying in tongues. And, and is that okay with y'all? Some, some of y'all look like, that's, that's praying in tongues. When you pray in a prayer language that the Holy Spirit gives you. Anyway, I was praying in tongues, right? And I was praying and then I looked around and nobody praying like me. So I felt mad out of place. So I started just, just meditating as well.
But Erin was loving it. Erin loves it because she, she's up in the camp, K1 prayer tab all the time. And so that's like her zone. She was in the zone. I was just like antsy, man. I want to do something. Give me a prayer topic. Let me do something. Okay, calm down. Just, just think and pray. Meditate. Anyway, it was, it was real cool. And then uh, we had a little time to chat with... Oh, we got to share a couple of these stories. We got to chat with Stephen Bochamp. Stephen Bochamp is the healing deliverance director at IHOP. And it's really cool, uh, some of the stuff he was sharing with us. But he's coming in a couple of weeks here to Korea. And so he's going to minister for us on Saturday, August 11th. This is not going to be really a publicly announced... It's really a, uh, something that you can invite your friends to. You guys are free to invite your friends. But it's not like we're going to be advertising it with like flyers and stuff, okay? But anyway, um, Stephen's going to come, and he's going to bring another dude that some people might know about. His name's Alan Hood. If you don't know, you will know after his visit. Okay, Alan Hood, I heard, man, I, I heard he, he is a powerful speaker. But Alan and Stephen are going to come uh, by on August 11th, and they're just going to spend the whole day with us. So they might go with us to the wedding. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian Kim is going to have his wedding reception that day. And then right at the evening, we're going to have this time of worship and prayer. It's going to be powerful. And Stephen Bocham, y'all don't know Stephen Bocham, right? He, he ran with the Brownsville uh, Assembly in Pensacola. It was, a, it was like a six-year revival, five-year, five, six-year revival straight. It was like fire every day. People used to line up in the parking lots packed. I mean, they had to keep moving to bigger and bigger buildings. And they met every single day for five, six years. It was a powerful revival, and he ran with them for a long time. So he's got that. He loves New Philly because he said that he's never seen fire like he's seen at Pensacola until he came to New Philly. Like, they're one of the few places he sees that kind of fire going on. So he's really looking forward to seeing us. We got to spend some time and share with him. And then, um, and then uh, we met Kirk Bennett's wife, Dee. And Dee and Belinda, Ronnie Henderson's wife, they both drove us around all of the IHOP property. And so there's like IHOP's history is connected with Harry Truman. And like Harry Truman was the president in the United States when Israel became a state and a nation. And so Harry Truman like signed a piece of document to say, okay, let's make Israel a state. So he was in office at that time. And there's all this property that he owns. And uh, there's all these prophecies about IHOP. Uh, taking over that land and all this stuff. So anyway, I don't remember all the details. But as they were sharing with us, it was really incredible. They took us to the IHOPU facility. And let me tell you a quick testimony about how they got IHOPU. IHOPU uh, is their training center, right? And they have like a lot of students right now. And what they did was they bought out this huge like shopping center. And they just renovated the whole thing. And now they're using it as a school. But the way they even got the uh, shopping center was there was this millionaire couple that was praying one day and as they were praying the husband got the number 3.3 so this guy goes up to mike biggle and says hey hey mike you know uh, i just was wondering if there's if there's any need that ihop has right now you know we would love to try to help you out is there anything you want to share with us any needs that you have and mike said well we don't really have any needs right now everything's good um, but there is this facility that we're looking at. It's an empty shopping center that's run down. And uh, the, the property owners are asking for $3.3 million to just get the land. And so the guy went to the, to the wife and was like, 
Honey, did you hear what he just said? 3.3? The wife's like, yeah. God meant 3.3 million dollars. <laughs> so I think the guy wrestled with it and prayed a little bit. And then, like a couple of days later, he wrote a check for $3.3 million. And so they bought that whole shopping center. And then they raised another like $3, $4 million to renovate the whole thing. And so they have all these crazy supernatural stories. And so uh, Dee and Belinda were driving us around. We had just gotten Jack Stack Barbecue, which was pretty good. And uh, we're, we're really full. I was bloated. Or I was mad bloated. <laughs> I'm trying to like, like burp without like making any sounds. Like, <clears throat> you know? I was real bloated, man. I just, I just wanted to go home for... <laughs> and, but they were sharing with us all this history. And then I just felt a revelation just burst in my spirit. I felt that like the Lord saying, pay attention. I'm showing you all this because I'm about to start something at New Philly. I'm going to write your own stories. You're going to start having your own testimonies of $3.3 million checks of you guys possessing properties all over the city. And I need you to pay attention to their history so that you can pay attention to yours. You know, I, I, I realized that the only reason Mike Bickle is able to tell these testimonies is because he takes very careful journal records of what took place and what chronological order. You know, and and I, I don't know how good I've been doing that. I've been trying to do that here and there. But uh, I think what God's about to do in this next season for our church you know, he's going to start opening up doors for us. You know what I mean? I mean, next thing you know, you know, we're going we're gonna to be taking out e-marts and converting them into, you know, New Philly U. You know, MPU. All right. All right we'll come up with a better name. Well, no, K1. K1's a training school. So we'll take out e-marts and Costco's and, and turn them into training school. I don't know, you know. God's going to write our own story. And I just felt like the Lord just really putting that on my heart. So that was like a special moment. And then um, we met with, uh, I don't know if you guys know Hannah and Clara Yoon from the Itaewon campus. Her dad happened to be at IHOP. Her dad is a UBF pastor. Uh, UBF is a college ministry that started in Korea. He's a UBF pastor. And I didn't know where he was coming from. So when Hannah and Clara asked us to meet with her dad, I was just like, you know, what's this going to be about, you know? Uh, but we met with him, and uh, he was there with his son. His son was going to a team conference, like a teen camp for youth. And we met up with him in the coffee house. And man, Hannah and Clara's dad is on fire. This man is on fire. And he talked a lot. <laughs> he talked for like two hours and a half straight, but it was like good. Like he had my attention. And he was sharing all this stuff about how God opened up his heart to the Holy Spirit, uh, how he's been coming out to IHOP for the One Thing Conference for the last four years, how God uh, uh, had Mike Bickle go out to a Gimnet conference for Korean uh, pastors, and that's the first time he got introduced to IHOP. And, and God's just opening up like so many, uh, not so many, but a few leaders in UBF to the ministries of the Holy Spirit. And he was sharing his testimony, and Aaron and I were just really blessed. And then that same night... We went to FCF, which is, IHOP has their own church. It's called Forerunner Christian Fellowship. And they have like two or three services during the day, and so it gets packed out. I think they have like 3,000 people in attendance total. Um, But we went there, and they were doing a teen camp, a youth conference lasting for two weeks. And we saw John Thurdo the day earlier leading worship. That was pretty cool. 
And, uh, and we went, and there was a female speaker, and she's, she preached the message. And she preached, she preached the message. Uh, you know, I, I thought the youth were maybe not as engaged as they could be. Uh, but nevertheless, during the altar call, a lot of youth came forward because they're so hungry and they pray for them. They're getting touched and stuff like that. And uh, as I was looking at the team camp, man, I just, I just felt in my heart like the Lord just saying, like, I, I, mean, I, I just felt in my heart, maybe I was saying this to the Lord. Man, if New Philly did a teen camp, if we did a youth conference, it would be off the hook. It would be so good. Like, like their teen camp was pretty cool and stuff. And they were like youth from all over the country. And some parents are like desperate. Like, you know, their, their youth are like dealing drugs or whatever. Like, they bring those kids too. And they were just all there. And these kids are there. And, they're, and, they're, and, and God's trying to touch their hearts and stuff like that. But I was thinking, man... When we do our own teen conference in the future, it's going, to be, it's going to be powerful. So I got a vision for that as I was just kind of sitting there in the back watching. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm losing y'all. So let me, let me close with this, right? On the way home, we were sitting in the airplane. We had a layover from Kansas City to Chicago. We were sitting in the airplane in Chicago for like three hours. And then finally, the captain gets on the loudspeaker. Like no announcements, like virtually no announcements in between. And, he, and then he goes, uh, we're going to have to abandon this plane because there is something with the engine and we can't fix it in time. So we have to move to another plane. And so we had a connecting flight in Japan in order to come to Korea. And so we only had like three hours in between. So we already passed that time. So we had to get out the plane and wait at another gate for another plane. But that gate was empty for like another another. Let me not exaggerate. For another hour and a half, that gate was empty. And while we're waiting for another plane to dock, I decided to go up to the counter and ask, what, are, what is American Airlines? By the way, this is American Airlines. What are you going to do so that I can go to Korea as soon as possible? Because I'm the pastor of a church. So I went up to this dude. His name was Ricardo. <laughs> I went up to him and I, and I, and I, and I was like... Uh, uh, I'm a pastor of a church. Let me tell you something right now. I'm a pastor of a church. And I need to get to my church on Sunday service. So you got to get me out to Korea as soon as possible. And you know what he said? He says, uh, yeah, we can't do anything for you here. Um, and so uh, next. So I was like, my man, my man, my man, my man, my man, my man. Look at me right here. Yo, do you hear what I just said? You're saying you're not, you're not going to do nothing for me? All right. I said, I'm a pastor of a church. I need to be in Korea as soon as possible. You got fingers. You got a computer. You need to start typing right now. And he said, well, I told you. We can't really do anything for you here. Hey, uh, want me to get your manager? Let me talk to a manager. All right, all right. Let me see what I can do. And so anyway, this whole time, I'm starting to like, remember my message that I preached at the KM? Blessed are the peacemakers. I kept saying, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the pe- uh, Yeah, we can't find anything for you. What do you mean you can't find anything for me? <laughs> Can you look up Asiana? All right, Asiana, all right. Asiana, yeah, yeah. I can't do anything for you. Anyway, man, I have to try to keep my cool and just thank the Lord 
for that circumstance. And let me tell you something right now. It was difficult. It was difficult. But you will be proud of me. I kept my voice low. And I was fairly calm, except the first five minutes when I engaged him. When he said, next, I was like, yo, yo, my man, my man, look at me. <laughs> anyway, uh, what ended up happening was everybody uh, missed their connecting flight. So they put all of us in a hotel in, in Tokyo. And uh, we stayed overnight last night, and we, we got into a plane this morning. Uh, we were actually supposed to be on a 10 a.m. flight that was going to arrive at 12.30, and we are going to totally miss service. And so uh, I asked the lady politely, can you find another flight? And she found us an Asiana flight that left at 9 a.m. and got us here at 11.30. That's why we were able to get to service here on time. But uh, on the way over, the, uh, Aaron, Pastor Aaron just kind of looked at me and said, maybe the Lord uh, had us lay over in Japan just to remind us that God loves Japan. You know what I mean? God loves Japan. Amen? Amen. Man, I was just... just on the bus, at the airport, I was just looking at the Japanese people, and I just felt this compassion for the Japanese people. I remember it from last year when we did the mission trip. I just really felt that compassion. And that's why I updated my status. I said, God loves Japan. I really do believe God loves Japan. And I sense a powerful move of revival that's coming for that nation. And it's going to be led by spirit-filled leaders. It's going to be unstoppable. And so, that's what I can make out of that layover and trying to stay cool fiasco that we had anyway um that's about it all the juicy stuff i have to share at core tonight so uh you guys are fine out at the end of the year but god bless y'all we are in an exciting season we're in an exciting season all right let's pray let's pray father we just thank you for what you're doing here on the earth And we're just so excited to be a part of your plans. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind conceived of the wonderful plans that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Lord, we thank you that, God, we are not blind or clueless to what you're doing on the earth right now. But you are showing and revealing those things by your spirit. I pray for every mind and heart in this room to be awakened, to be awakened, to be able to see, perceive, understand the moves, the divine moves of God that are happening on the earth at this hour. And that they would rise up to join in, to join in with how you are really preparing a great end time harvest, how you are raising up a powerful, mature, powerful church. That's going to confront injustice, be salt and light, be fully devoted to Jesus. We we thank you, God, that you're doing an awesome work all over the earth. We're just so excited, Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.